Welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Colvin, coming to you from sunny Southern California. It is like summer here in the middle of December, and we are approaching Christmas. Been very mindful of our Savior, His birth, His life, and His death, and all that He's done for us. This week, the topic for this episode, we continue, Why Do We Need Christ in Our Lives?, so on our Instagram account, which is at LDS RPRL podcast, we have been doing a series and that series has been a collection of responses from people all over the world, uh, LDS, non-LDS, but all of us who have faith in our Savior Jesus Christ and answered the question, why do you need Christ in your life? And so there's a series of answers on my Instagram page. I really encourage you to go over there and check it out, read those answers because it is very faith-promoting and definitely uh, help me to grow and deepen my relationship with my Redeemer. I have been so grateful to be able to do this podcast and to have this experience. It truly has touched my life in a very deep and meaningful way. So thank you so much for being my motivation and for giving me this opportunity and sharing of yourself with me. And I just want to let you know, whoever is listening to this, if there is ever a time in your life that you need to open up and share and talk to somebody who is anchored in the gospel, um, and you're not necessarily maybe looking for advice, or you are looking for advice, or uh, maybe some direction, compassion, help, or just some kind words, please do not hesitate to reach out to me, whether you DM me on Instagram at LDSRPRL podcast. You can also find my Facebook page at LDS Real People Real Lives. Um, of course, I'm on Facebook as Stephanie Colvin, and you can email me at ldsrealpeoplerealives at gmail.com, all spelled out, ldsrealpeoplerealives at gmail.com. Uh, 
So I wanted to start off this episode with a, um, it's a sweet story by Elder David A. Bednar, and it's called The Everlasting Light. This was actually shared with me by a very good friend of mine who is on the podcast um, very recently, Lori Jones. And again, this is Elder Bednar. The most familiar and beloved account of the Savior's birth is found in the second chapter of Luke in the New Testament. I am filled with gratitude each time I read about Joseph and Mary traveling to Bethlehem, the lowly manger, the humble birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, and angels proclaiming good tidings of great joy to all people. The restoration of the gospel in the latter days provides an important companion account of the Savior's birth in the Book of Mormon. My message highlights this additional description of the first Christmas. As we consider this episode together, I invite you to visualize yourself in these events and not merely read the words. I pray the Holy Ghost will help you liken these scriptures to you and your family and fill your hearts with the true spirit of Christmas. Please reference 1 Nephi chapter 19, verse 23. So he starts talking about Samuel the Lamanite. Our account begins in the land of Zarahemla a few years before the birth of the Savior. Samuel the Lamanite came among the people to preach repentance and to prophesy of Christ. Now please try to imagine that you are 10 years old and a member of the multitude listening to a prophet of God foretell future events. Samuel declared, Behold, I give unto you a sign, for five years more cometh, and behold, then cometh the Son of God to redeem all those who shall believe on his name. And behold, this will I give unto you for a sign at the time of his coming. For behold, there shall be great lights in heaven, insomuch that in the night before he cometh there shall be no darkness, insomuch that it shall appear unto man as if it was day. Therefore, there shall be one day and a night and a day, as if it were one day and there were no night. And this shall be unto you for a sign. And behold, there shall a new star arise, and this also shall be a sign unto you. And that's Helaman chapter 14, verses 2 through 5. Just a little side note here. I read somewhere recently that um, they call it the Jerusalem star or the Bethlehem star. It's going to be visible for the first time this Christmas in 400 years. So that's going to be really cool to check out. So going back to Elder Bednar, he talks about the Savior's birth. As time passed, the prophecies of the prophets began to be fulfilled more fully, for there began to be greater signs and greater miracles wrought among the people. Please now imagine five years have passed and you're approximately 15 years old. You can recall clearly the prophecies of Samuel as you consider the present circumstances in which you live. But there were some who began to say, that the time was past for the words to be fulfilled, which were spoken by Samuel the Lamanite. And they began to rejoice over their brethren, saying, Behold, the time is past, and the words of Samuel are not fulfilled. Therefore your joy and your faith concerning this thing hath been in vain. How often do we hear that nowadays as being Latter-day Saints? Quite often. 
going back to the story, he's pulling this directly from the Book of Mormon. And it came to pass that they did make a great uproar throughout the land, and the people who believed began to be very sorrowful, lest by any means those things which had been spoken might not come to pass. But behold, they did watch steadfastly for that day and that night and that day, which should be as one day as if there were no night, that they might know that their faith had not been in vain. Can you imagine being one of these people? The sign has been given to you. And so every day you're looking for that night for the sun not to go down because you're anxiously awaiting the birth of Jesus Christ. Now it came to pass that there was a day set apart by the unbelievers that all those who believed in those traditions should be put to death except the sign should come to pass, which had been given by Samuel the prophet. Can we even begin to understand what it might have been like to await the sign of his coming and also face the dire deadline of death? Would you and I stand firm and steadfast in the faith or would we waver and shrink? Then... Indeed, the sign of Christ's birth foretold by Samuel was given. In a climate of religious persecution, and at the tender age of approximately 15, you marveled one evening as the sun went down, but there was no darkness. And the people began to be astonished because there was no darkness when the night came. And they began to know that the Son of God must shortly appear. Yea, all the people were so exceedingly astonished that they fell to the earth. And it came to pass that there was no darkness in all the night, but it was as light as though it was midday. And it came to pass that the sun did rise in the morning again. And they knew that it was the day that the Lord should be born because of the sign which had been given. Again, in this story, you're 15 years old. The sun went down, but the light didn't go away. The following morning, the sun came up. And you know that Christ is going to be born. This is what the prophet of the day has been teaching and preaching. And it had come to pass, yea, all things, every wit, according to the words of the prophets. And it came to pass also that a new star did appear according to the word. The day Jesus was born was a day of deliverance for the believers in the new world. Light as the sign of the Savior's birth literally saved their lives. Now imagine that more than 30 years have passed and you're approaching the age of 50. You can still remember vividly the teachings of Samuel and your experiences as a teenager when the sign of the Lord's birth was given. One of the signs of Christ's death foretold by Samuel was three days of intense darkness. And it came to pass that there was thick darkness upon all the face of the land, insomuch that the inhabitants thereof, who had not fallen, could feel the vapor of darkness. And there could be no light because of the darkness, neither candles, neither torches, neither could there be fire kindled, so that there could not be any light at all. And there was not any light seen, neither fire nor glimmer, neither the sun nor the moon, nor the stars, for so great were the mists of darkness, which were upon the face of the land. And it came to pass that it did last for the space of three days that there was no light seen. What it might have been like to experience those three days 
of indescribable darkness and then a short time later gather with the multitude of 2,500 people at the temple in the land of, land of Bountiful. Can you envision the majesty of the moment as the Savior descended from the heavens and declared, Behold, I am Jesus Christ. I am the light and the life of the world. To this special assembly at the temple, two of the first words the Savior used to describe himself were the light. Samuel predicted a sign of light. The sign of light was given at the Savior's birth. And for the people and the assembled multitude, terrible darkness and fear had been dissipated by the true light, even Jesus Christ. The account of the first Christmas in the Book of Mormon helps us to learn and more fully understand that Jesus Christ is the light which shineth in darkness. In every season of our lives, in all of the circumstances we may encounter, and in each challenge we may face, Jesus Christ is the light that dispels fear, provides assurance and direction, and engenders enduring peace and joy. Many of our memorable and enduring Christmas traditions include different kinds of lights, lights on trees, lights in and on our homes, candles on our tables. May the beautiful lights of every Christmas season remind us of him who is the source of all light. Continuing the theme for this month, why do we we or I need Jesus Christ? I was really wanting to focus more on the personal and the singular, um, why each of us need Jesus Christ and sharing those testimonies um, of the responses that I had received over social media. It has been such a compelling faith-building experience to be able to understand not only how I can use my faith in Christ to deal with challenges and trials and things that just come my way to um, endure them, to persevere, to prevail, but uh, also to really develop a personal relationship with my Savior, Jesus Christ. So I wanted to share a couple of uh, stories on how Christ really played a role in my life and why I need the Savior. And as always, I just ask that the Spirit can really speak to your heart as you listen to this particular episode and my experiences that you may be able to learn and come to know uh, whatever's going to help you in your life to better use your faith and build your faith in Jesus Christ, but to use it in your life to have peace, to have comfort, to have direction, and to have help to endure this proving ground. Uh, first, I wanted to start off with a couple of scriptures, um, starting in Helaman chapter 8, verses 19 through 23. It says, And now I would that ye should know that even since the days of Abraham, there have been many prophets that have testified these things. Yea, behold, the prophet Zenos did testify boldly for the which he was slain. And behold, also Zenos and also Isaiah and also Isaiah and Jeremiah, Jeremiah being that same prophet who testified of the destruction of Jerusalem. And now we know that Jerusalem was destroyed according to the words of Jeremiah. Oh, then why not the Son of God come according to his prophecy? And now will you dispute that Jerusalem was destroyed? Will ye say that the sons of Zedekiah were not slain, all except were Mulek? 
Yea, and do ye not behold that the seed of Zedekiah are with us, and they were driven out of the land of Jerusalem? But behold, this is not all. Our father Lehi was driven out of Jerusalem because he testified of these things. Nephi also testified of these things, and also almost all of our fathers, even down to this time. Yea, they have testified of the coming of Christ, and have looked forward, and have rejoiced in his day which is to come. And behold, he is God, and he is with them, and he did manifest himself unto them, that they were redeemed by him, and they gave unto him glory, because of that which was is to come. The reason why I wanted to share these scriptures in particular is, uh, number one, it really shows us that we um, are loved wholly, fully, and completely by our Heavenly Father. He has given us prophets throughout time to save us, to call us unto repentance, to remind us of where we can turn to for that succor and solace and that comfort, for that help and direction, and for Christ to truly help you know us during the times that life really gets rough where he can yoke himself to us. Um, and then it also demonstrates the power. You know, Heavenly Father is going to overcome and win this fight between good and evil. We already know that. And he's showing repeatedly throughout the scriptures, especially in these verses, the demonstration of his power, but also his mercy and his love that he is there for his children who are obedient, who are repentant, and who do turn their hearts to him and the Savior. He will never leave us destitute, and he will never leave us alone. Um, Even when we don't feel like we qualify for his grace, his love, his blessings and miracles, Father, often, um, because of the atonement, the infinite atonement that Christ has given us, will give us wonderful tender mercies to help us get back onto that straight and very narrow path but that straight and narrow path is a sure path back home um so there's two stories that come to mind and how i was able to understand how to use my faith in christ in in my life so again you know the premise of the podcast is how to utilize the gospel the teachings of the gospel to deal with the very hard in our lives So when I was going to the addiction recovery class, um, you know, the, uh, the book, it's a manual that they use is completely centered around Jesus Christ. And, you know, I've always known about Christ. I was taught of Christ. I learned of Christ. I know who Christ is. I know his story. I know everything that he has done, but did I really have a personal relationship with him? Um, I would say not until that point that I had gone to the addiction recovery class, because it's in that class that they really helped me to understand that my whole entirety of salvation, my ability to be saved from my own personal demons, the things that can really drag me down and get me off track, that can numb my spiritual senses, um, can all be healed and handled and addressed through my faith in Christ and uh, that he's always there. 
that through the atonement his experience here and all that he suffered went through saw that he can use all of those experiences to tend to me personally to strengthen me and to help me and so there were some wonderful experiences that i had had while going to the addiction recovery class that helped me to develop a very close relationship to jesus christ and you know, one of the biggest things for me is obtaining knowledge, but then understanding what the formula is to apply that knowledge and that teaching in my life, to use it, to wield it like a sword of faith, um, a sword of healing, a sword of peace, and to overcome my weaknesses. And um, I was really able to understand how Christ can become my strength and my backbone. And that, of course, only happened after I was completely stripped of all pride and stripped of any thought that I could do this on my own and that I didn't need divine help. And that's why it took me over 20 times to quit smoking. It took me these repeated attempts to quit doing a lot of the vices that I had um, unfortunately adopted throughout my life to deal and cope with my life. And that's how Christ had been there for me is he truly, and this is what the Holy Ghost does to us is it teaches and conveys truth to us. And during that process, focusing on Christ, reading the scriptures, going through the program, following the manual, and really doing everything that it asked me to do, um, writing in my journal, and really taking time out of my day to sit and really think about um, my Savior, all that He has to offer and how much He loves me, and giving time for myself and the Spirit to help teach me how much He loves me, that was the first thing that I really needed to understand and to feel was truly how much Jesus Christ loves me. I know that He loves the entire world. I know that He's built and created this world for us. I know that He was sacrificed for all of us. But for me to overcome my addictions, I needed to understand how he loved me personally. And so thankfully, I was able to have that experience because of the structure of the class, the way it's set up, um, the manual, and also the faith that was shared by the other people who participated. That was huge. Sharing faith and testimonies can really build each other up, edify and uplift us, and also give us strength. Um, and I really appreciated the structure of the addiction recovery class, that it was uh, because I chose. See, I had to choose and have a willing heart. I had to desire this greatly. And once I had given that over, the Spirit just took over and started to teach me and help me to understand. And that's why I needed Christ, was to finally overcome and conquer these demons, these vices that I had adopted throughout my life to cope with my life. And um, because I never really thought that I could live a sober life, because I hadn't. Remember, I started smoking when I was in fourth grade. Um, no, smoking is not really, you know, going to give you some type of... Um, high or buzz, but I do consider that a chemical and it's an addiction and smoking oftentimes can be more addictive than a lot of the other more harsh drugs that we do hear about. And, um, you know, because Christ was able to reveal himself to me through the class and following the steps in that class, and then by me understanding how much he loves me, I was able to slowly but surely, one step at a time, one day at a time, 
finally overcome my vices and I couldn't tackle them all at the same time. I had to do one at a time. I just did not have the strength to do them all at the same time, but I was able to finally get there. And it's because of the grace, strength, and love of our Savior. And that's one of the reasons why I needed Christ, um, why I do still need Christ. Another example of why I need Christ in my life is, you know, my life as everyone's lives is very hard. This life is hard. And um, we all have specific challenges and trials that were given to bring out this, this, you know, particular experience or lessons that we need to learn. And with us, for whatever reason, right now in this stage of my life, not only am I surrounded by mental illness, but I'm also surrounded by, you know, elderly people, specifically our parents, who are going through a lot in their golden years is what I call it, as far as their health and wellness is concerned, and their mental health. And that takes up a lot of time. You know, any type of mental illness is going to be very taxing on your mind. And what I found through my experience is that the mental can actually drain from me more energy and make me so tired and just exhausted than if I had gone out and done some type of physical work, whether it be at the gym or moving wood, you know, working out in the yard, the house, projects, whatever the case may be. It's the mental that always drains me more. Um, so mental, I often tie into the emotional as well. And because we have all of this going on, it's with Jed's dad and my parents and then, you know, the mental illness that we deal with here in my home. Um, without Christ, I truly would not be able to endure this and have an attitude of positivity, um, of peace and calm and faith and hope for the future. My nature before I came into the gospel back in 2013 uh, was one that was very kind of negative and contrary. Um, I was reactionary. I was very upset. And um, I was quick to react, to respond, and was just always angry. Um, when I came into the gospel and as time moved on, and I studied out Christ, his life, what the atonement means. And a great book for me is by Tad R. Callister. He wrote a book called The Infinite Atonement. Um, if you're looking for a resource that you can read that's really going to help you understand the atonement and how it applies to you and then your family and then your community and the world and beyond, that's a great book um, to read. And that book really helped me to understand the atonement in a very personal way. So I imagine oftentimes that I'm going through my days literally like a little child holding on to Christ's leg as he's walking through my day with me and helping me to accomplish and do all that I need to do. Uh, you know, I woke up this morning, I've been having headaches for the last four or five nights and um, not sleeping well. And when I don't sleep well, it's hard for me to tend to those who I, you know, take care of and support to help them to get through their lives. And um, I was just really, really hurting this morning. And I hit my knees and I just asked Heavenly Father to please help me to give me a reprieve from the headaches so that I can do all the things that I want to do and that I need to do. 
And then I stood up and started to go about my day. And the next thing I knew, within 15, 20 minutes, my headache started to subside. And um, I really felt God's love for me and that he truly is attentive to everything that I do every second of my day, um, specifically through my Savior. He helped me to understand that everything is done through Jesus Christ. Um, We call upon God in the name of Jesus Christ. And even when we are comforted or healed or given relief, it's always, always, always through the Savior because he truly is our advocate, our redeemer, our salvation. He is everything. And my husband and I often talk about if we didn't have this faith in Christ, what would our lives be like? And I really think that our lives would be negative, sad, hopeless, and we would be really down. We would not be fun people to be around. And that's the difference between when you have Christ in your life and when you don't have Christ in your life. Your life is just better with Christ in your life. And whatever shape or form that means, because we're all in different um, levels of progression in our relationship with our Savior. And um, that's definitely a true testament that I wanted to share that Christ has made our life not only richer, but more peaceable, more happy, more hope, more contentment, and most importantly, more comfort. I wanted to share another scripture that's in Acts. I believe it's, uh, no, it's 3 Nephi chapter 27, verse 7. It says, The Lord said, Therefore, whatsoever ye shall do, ye shall do it in my name. So in the church that Jesus Christ had established, all things are done in his name, as I had mentioned earlier. Prayers, blessings for children, testimonies, sermons that are preached, um, and, you know, infirm anointments, the sacrament being administered, ordinances performed, and um, even what we need in our lives is always done through Christ. And that to me is just goes to show that he's in everything. But do we see it? Do we acknowledge it? Do we use it to help us to endure, to persevere and to prevail this experience here on earth? Another scripture that I wanted to share is in... Mosiah chapter 3. This is quite a lengthy one. It's about seven verses, but it really demonstrates, and this is what I love about the scriptures. It The way they talk and the words that they use, it really demonstrates and paints the picture of Christ, his power, who he is, his humility and meekness, and um, his example here on earth. So again, this is Mosiah chapter 3, verses 4 through 11. For the Lord hath heard thy prayers, and hath judged of thy righteousness, and hath sent me to declare unto thee that thou mayest rejoice, and that thou mayest declare unto thy people that they may also be filled with joy. Do you really believe that that joy comes without Christ? The type of joy that they're talking about in this verse. Moving on, verse 5. For behold, the time cometh, and is not far distant, that with power the Lord omnipotent who reigneth, 
who was and is from all eternity to all eternity, shall come down from heaven among the children of men, and shall dwell in a tabernacle of clay, and shall go forth amongst men, working mighty miracles such as healing the sick, raising the dead, causing the lame to walk, the blind to receive their sight, and the deaf to hear, and curing all manner of diseases. And he shall cast out devils, or the evil spirits which dwell in the hearts of the children of men. And lo, he shall suffer temptations and pain of body, hunger, thirst, and fatigue, even more than man can suffer, except it be unto death. For behold, blood cometh from every pore, so great shall be his anguish for the wickedness and the abominations of his people. I mean, these scriptures are really giving us a taste and a, and a good picture of all that Christ has done for us, but most importantly, his power. We need to understand the Savior's power and what that power can do for us in our lives, that he truly is omniscient. He is Lord omnipotent. Verse 8, And he shall be called Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth, the creator of all things from the beginning, and his mother shall be called Mary. And lo, he cometh unto his own, that salvation might come unto the children of men, even through faith on his name. And even after all this, they shall consider him a man, and say that he hath a devil, and shall scourge him, and shall crucify him. So I just want to stop right there. So again, they're teaching us very clearly that salvation comes solely and completely through the Son of God. Jesus Christ, who is the Father of heaven and earth, and He is the creator of all things. We can rely on Him. We can turn to Him and we can use our faith in Jesus Christ to prevail in this life. Verse 10, And He shall rise the third day from the dead, and behold, He standeth to judge the world. And behold, all these things are done that a righteous judgment might come upon the children of men for behold and also his blood atoneth for the sins of those who have fallen by the transgression of adam who have died not knowing the will of god concerning them or who have ignorantly sinned the atonement is all encompassing is all powerful and we can use this power in our lives to overcome and to endure and to prevail our challenges, our personal demons, our trials, and the very hard of life. Because let's face it, life is truly hard. And thank God we have this plan of salvation that is so perfect that we are given a lamb, even a sacrifice, and his name is Jesus Christ. Alpha and Omega, Lord Omnipotent, and he loves you. He loves you singularly, holy. And he wants you to utilize the power through the atonement, his example, his life here to be able to prevail in your life. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Um, The song that was played at the beginning of this episode is The First Noel by BYU Noteworthy. They did an excellent job. Just very, very talented women. Um, Stay safe. Stay healthy. But most importantly, stay faithful. 
Have a very, very Merry Christmas. And just know how much you're loved. God bless.